Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, November 27th, 2022, we bring you a special sermon by Pastor Mark Yule titled, Why Be Baptized? out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Enjoy. I became a believer when I was at ASU about my junior, tail end of my junior year into my senior year of college there. Uh, shortly after that, I met who would be my future wife, Mary Beth, and she invited me to the church that she was attending at the time, Scottsdale Bible. Now, this was back when Scottsdale Bible was, you know, two or three hundred people meeting on McDonald. It was so small that when she invited me in, the pastor looked out and said, Mary Beth, why don't you introduce your new boyfriend to everybody? And uh, she did. And so uh, anyway, that was the start of, of my faith journey. Uh, I got immediately plugged in, uh, and I just couldn't get enough of, of God's word. The pastor at the time, a guy by the name of Don Sanukian, was just masterful on how he could take scripture from both Old and New Testament and explain it, and then he was really good at bridging that gap and to show us how it's so practical even for us today. I was like a sponge. So I got uh, more and more involved. I got involved in a a small home group uh, as well as the Sunday school class. And the gentleman that was leading both of those got transferred. And so he turned the reins of both of those over to me. And I took him and started to run with it. And one opportunity led to another. And so after about 12 years um, uh, in my faith journey there, I was uh, given the privilege and opportunity to serve as one of their elders at, at Scottsdale Bible Church. Now, why do I tell you this story? Well, for that 12 or 14 year period of time, I'd gone all that time and had never been baptized. And I'm going to tell you really why. There are three reasons. Three, probably reasons is not the right word. Three excuses. Three very poor excuses. Excuse number one, I was a little bit too pragmatic on my theology. By pragmatic, I mean this. I knew that that baptism uh, is not required to be saved or to get to heaven. And so I thought, well, if it's not required, uh, why do it? And so sometimes just a little bit of knowledge can be very dangerous, and that was me. So I just dismissed uh, baptism. Second reason, I was much too too much of a procrastinator. And I was almost afraid to say that because Mary Beth attends a first service, and I thought she would stand up and say amen because I'm still a little bit of a procrastinator. But when it comes to baptism, here's what would be going on in my mind. Each and every time we had a baptism service, I would think, I should probably do that next time. And there was always a reason why next time would be a better time. And I just kept putting it off. And yet, here's what was happening. Almost every baptism service, I would hear from the Holy Spirit, not verbally, But you know that silent inner urge or prompting that the Holy Spirit gives you when you know you should be doing something? I was getting that. And it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, Mark, you should do this. And I kept putting it off. So as pragmatic, I was a procrastinator, but the third reason or excuse is the worst of all. You see, after, after uh, 12 years, it had become a pride thing for me. I was thinking to myself, 
here I am, an elder of the church, and what would people think of me if they saw me getting baptized after all these years as a believer? And pride is so devious and deceptive because it got me thinking about what others would think as a higher priority about what God would want. I told you this was a bad excuse. And often pride can hook itself with its companion, fear. And I think pride and fear held me back for much, much too long. Well, this morning, I want to give each and every one of us an opportunity to really examine and and ask ourselves that question, why be baptized? And we're going to see that these three reasons really are applicable. Even if you've already been baptized, we can all still relate to these three reasons. But as Bob has already shared with you, we're going to give each and every one of you who have not yet been baptized an opportunity to respond by doing so even this morning. So the first reason, number one, why be baptized, it's all about identification. It's about identification. It's not a requirement for salvation. You see, baptism is something believers do. We don't do it to be saved. Is that hymn, that old hymn said, what will wash away our sins? And it answers it very biblically and correctly. Nothing but the blood of Jesus does that. We're not saved because of salvation. Believers are baptized. And so, again, as we see and witness this morning what will happen, we're seeing people that have already put their faith and trust in Jesus. And they're not afraid to be identified with Jesus. I, look up, I looked up what identification means. And here's what uh, definition was given. It says it's about a determined and unasso- unashamed association with another a determined and unashamed association with another. When I read that definition, my mind flashed back several years ago to when I was about a year, year and a half or so into my faith journey. I found a friend that I hadn't seen since high school days, Charlie McConnell. And we had a a discussion where we caught up with each other and we're talking and right toward the end of our conversation, he stops and he asked me this question. He said, Mark, you seem so different than when I knew you in high school. What's changed about you? Well, talk about an opportunity to give a, a determined and unashamed association with Jesus. Boy, you can't tee up much better than that. So I looked at Charlie I swallowed hard, and I looked him in the eye and said, I took a Dale Carnegie class about six months ago. <laughs> and I can still remember this feeling. As soon as I said that, I, I, I could have sworn that I heard a cock crow and related to Peter as he denied Jesus three times. Friends, you don't want to be that example. We're called to identify with Christ. And what we're going to see this morning are believers that are doing just that. They're they're saying, I'm proud of what Jesus has done for me. I'm proud to be identified as a disciple of Jesus. Because really, it, it comes from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is kind of our theme verse for why discipleship. 
And Jesus, after he's been uh, raised uh, from the grave, comes to his men and says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And then what's the next phrase? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We had a young man in the first service, probably seven or eight years old, Logan was his name, and um, his grandmother was asking him and doing the baptism service. And he gave a great explanation of why be baptized. This is a bonus reason. Bonus reason number 1A by words of little Logan was when his grandma asked him why you want to be baptized, he simply said, because Jesus asked us to. And I go, oh man, out of the words of babes, huh? So that's, that's reason, but it's this association. And really, just days after Jesus had given us that commission to go and make disciples baptizing, this very thing happens. Let me read to you, just, you don't have to turn there, but let me read to you from Acts chapter two. We're gonna read the end of Peter's sermon, portions of Peter's sermon that he gives. And he says th- these words, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And so those who received his word and believed were baptized and there were added to that day about 3,000 souls. This is an amazing account of what God was doing. First of all, this is Peter giving this sermon. The same Peter who days before had denied that he even knew Jesus to this little girl who, who offered really no threat to him. And yet, much like my Charlie McConnell story, he was afraid to identify himself with Jesus. But now, after seeing the risen Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, he confidently and boldly delivers this message and 3,000 believe and are baptized. Now, as Bob mentioned, at the end when we call for those impromptu people that are gonna come forward and be baptized, we're ready. We're not ready for 3,000 but we're ready for many, so don't let that hold you back. But this is what people are doing is they're identifying with Jesus. They're having that determined and unassociated, uh, uh, unashamed association with him. 
And it's like Paul writes in Romans, which gives us a great symbolic picture of what disciple or what baptism is all about. Paul would write this in Romans chapter six. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see, what's going to happen in this baptism pool here, it's very symbolic and it gives us a great picture of what Jesus did. See, he came to earth and lived a perfect life that none of us could live. And he died a death that was designed to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine. And he did that. And then just as he was buried in that, in that tomb and then was raised to new life, newness of life, so too we're going to see that in, in baptism. We're going to see people immersed, kind of symbolic of being put in the tomb, being dead in our sin, and yet raised to new life with what Jesus has done. It's a great picture of those that are identifying with Jesus. So why be baptized? It simply identifies us with the life, death, resurrection, and the new life that's possible only through Christ. That's reason number one. Reason number two, it's all about declaration. It's all about declaration. A declaration is defined as a positive, formal, and emphatic statement. And the people that we're going to see baptized this morning are making those declarations of their faith. They're making public what's already happened privately inside them. And again, we see Paul encourages us in, in this way from Romans 10. But what does it say, Paul writes? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. That's salvation. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. That's declaration. And there's something empowering about declaring our faith publicly. It's almost as if once we do this, the, the clogged pipes of fear and insecurity get opened up and the spirit is just a, a, allows you to walk in this newness of life that Jesus promises us. The people that are, are getting up here today might be a little in, intimidated by this microphone, but they've got the spiritual courage to declare their faith publicly which again is something that Jesus encourages us. From the Gospel of Mark, we read these words from Jesus. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy, holy angels. Boy, that's a convicting verse. It's a convicting verse if you've ever felt reluctant to declare and openly share, verbally share what Jesus has done in your life. And really, we're, we're encouraged to declare all throughout the scriptures. Uh, you go through the scriptures and you'll see time and again different words for this declaration idea. Words like sing, 
praise, shout, declare, proclaim, teach. All of these things are verbal declarations of what Jesus has done in our life. Remember last week's uh, instruction that Bob gave us as we were leaving? He gave us three things to do. The first was to read scripture, to see if, as we're reading scripture, if we could find out something that's being revealed about who God is or what he's done in our lives. So read scripture. Second one was pray. Just simply pray and listen for God's response. And then the third thing that he gave us has to do with this declaration. Because he gave us the reminder to just spend some time expressing in worship through perhaps a song, the words of your heart. And the song that we were introduced to last week was a, an old song with lyrics like this that say, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Take joy, my king, in what you hear and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Friends, have you, have you offered that sweet sound to your Lord? I, I, I've got to admit, I did the same thing second service, and you guys did a much better job than the first service crowd. But in the first service crowd, I looked over, and there were several in the crowd that were very good at ventriloquism because they were standing there with their mouths closed and I was wondering if they're singing with their mouth closed. But I don't think they were. I think they were simply being silent when God gives us the encouragement to declare, to proclaim, to sing, even shout. And that's what this declaration is doing and that's what we're gonna see this morning. We're gonna see people declaring their faith in Jesus. So why be baptized? It's about, it, it's about identifying with Jesus, identification. It's about declaration. And the third part, real simple part, it's about celebration. This morning we have the privilege to hear of several people who will be declaring their faith and we have a chance to celebrate with them. And can there be anything more worthy of our applause and our shouts of joy than to seeing people that are saying, hey, I'm a forgiven sinner. I've placed my faith in Jesus. I'm thankful for what God has done. However they will say it, we're celebrating not the people, but we're celebrating what Jesus has done. You know, in about, uh, I don't know, a couple hours, there's going to be, how many does the stadium hold? 50, 60,000 people? Who knows if that many people will show up now for the Cardinals. But there's going to be people there who are not afraid to identify still with the Cardinals. <laughs> They're going to declare with their mouth what they think. And why do they get so worked up? Because they're there to celebrate uh, in hopeful victory, but again, maybe not. But if they're doing that on a lousy football thing, how much more should we be encouraged to celebrate not a lousy football game or a team, but the fact that God is alive and well and working in the lives of these good folks? Yeah, that's an amen. So today, here's the challenge. We're gonna have a chance to, to, to witness baptism, and I wanna give any one of you who have yet to be baptized 
an invitation to come while we're singing this next song and prepare yourself to be baptized. As Bob said, we've got everything that you need. While we're singing this song, you can simply make your way down to the aisle. Christine will take you. We're going to direct you backstage and provide you everything that you need. We've even got really warm water in the baptism today. So friends, don't, don't be too pragmatic. Don't think, well, they forgot something. Uh, don't procrastinate thinking, oh, well, next time will be a better time. The last time we did baptism service outside here, we had a, a lady, 90 plus years old, and she had a great testimony. She said, you know, I've been putting this off for way too long. And she was baptized. We had to literally put her in and carry her out. That lady is now with the Lord. She'd been putting it off for too long. Don't do that. And don't let it be a pride thing. Don't let it be a fear thing. Don't let it be, oh, I wonder what others will say or think. Hey, we are all going to be thankful that you've done this. And we're going to have a chance to celebrate what God's done in your life. So again, even as we sing this next song now, now is always the right time to be faithfully obedient. So let me pray to that end. We're going to sing. And if you'd like to be baptized, come. Would you join me as we pray? Father, thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you so much for the, the love gift that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, thank you for calling us to yourself. And Father, if there's any in this room that have yet to take that step of faith to invite you in as their Lord and Savior, God, I would pray that right now you'd be calling them to simply respond in faith. And then, Father, what a great opportunity to declare that faith with celebration and, and do so amongst family members that would want to just say, thank you, God, for what you've done. So, Father, I pray again that you'd be working in a way that only you can do. Draw folks to yourself in belief. Draw folks to yourself in the act of obedience through baptism. Father, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we have a chance right now to be able to celebrate the Lord and what he's done through another ordinance, which is communion. So if you haven't uh, received your communion elements, we've got some good folks that will uh, give you one. Just uh, keep your hand up until they give that to you. But, uh, oh yeah, so we've got quite a few, so we'll take a little bit of time to do that. Keep your hand up until you get that. You know, really, um, communion is, uh, in a lot of ways, similar to what we've already talked about this morning. Uh, if we take them in reverse order, it's a chance to really celebrate what God has done. Collectively, as a family, we'll get a chance to be able to recognize what Jesus has done through the cross. It's a chance to really declare that, uh, because through communion, we're declaring what Jesus has done, really with uh, taking the elements. And it's a chance to identify ourselves as believers in Christ with his death and his sacrifice. So I'd like to read the words from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul would write these words. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So folks, again, in a very symbolic way of that which he's done, we eat this bread in remembrance of his body which he gave for us. Do this in remembrance of our Lord. And the juice that's in this cup represents the blood that was shed for him, for us. Because, again, going back to that, what will wash away my sins? It's not baptism. It's the blood of Christ. And we take this in remembrance of that blood shed for us. So, Father, thank you. Thank you so much that we have a chance this morning to be able to be inspired, not only by these people that have declared their faith, but God, again, much more than that, we're inspired with what you've done for us. And we're able to celebrate along with our brothers and sisters and declare your goodness, your faithfulness, and your love for us that you would be willing to pay the penalty that our sin deserves. So Father, thank you again for that sacrifice. Help us now to be able to declare one last time through song all that you've done for us as we sing and praise and proclaim and declare what you've done. So Father, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and we now sing. Amen. Amen.